Good morning, church. It's good to be here. I would like to read the Word of God, so let's rise to the reading of the Word of God. I will do it first in Arabic, my mother tongue, and then I will try to do it in English, your mother tongue. All right, so the reading of the Word of God from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. And I shall start with Arabic. وَقَالَ اللَّهِ نَعْمَلُ الْإِنسَانِ عَلَى صُورَتِنَا كَشُبْهِنَا فَيَتَصَلَّطُونَ عَلَى سَمَكِ الْبَحْرِ وَعَلَى طَيْرِ السَّمَاءِ وَعَلَى الْبَهَائِمِ وَعَلَى كُلِّ الْأَرْضِ وَعَلَى جَمِيعِ الدَّبَّابَاتِ الَّتِي تَدُبُّ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ فَخَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْإِنسَانَ عَلَى صُورَتِهِ على صورة الله خلقه ذكرا وأنثى خلقهم وباركهم الله وقال لهم اثمروا واكثروا واملأوا الأرض واخضعوها وتسلطوا على سمك البحر وعلى طير السماء وعلى كل حيوان يدب على الأرض And God said Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him Male and female, he created them, and God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Melfred, and thank you all of the leadership of Calvary Church for entrusting me with your pulpit. And thank you for the friendship. Thank you for the visits you, you make to us on the field so we feel we are not forgotten. Most of the time, we feel so lonely. I bring you greetings from your brothers and sisters in the Middle East and North Africa. People you might meet in the street and don't know that they are your brothers and sisters because most of them, they attend the underground house churches because of the nature of their religious background. Once you're a Muslim, you're always a Muslim. Otherwise, you're asking for trouble. Trouble from the government, trouble from your family, trouble from any Muslim individual in the community to the point you might be killed for it. And that's okay. It's an honor killing for them because actually they would secure going to paradise by killing an infidels or a backslider. 
We are already in 16 countries, 132 full-time church planters, according to our scriptural mandate as Zion 19, Egypt, Assyria, Israel, worshiping together, becoming a blessing on earth. The Almighty God blessed them, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, Assyria, my handiwork, Israel, my inheritance. Identity and destiny. Identity is a big, big issue nowadays. Not only the younger generation have identity crisis. I believe deep in my heart that the church worldwide is going through identity crisis. Most of us have lost our original true identity. And that is why we have failed to fulfill our destiny. But you see, God said, let's make man in our image, in our likeness. That is the true identity given to us by God, our creator. It's the image and the likeness of God. But sadly, we're born into families, and these families, they have given us a new identity, a new name. And then we go to school, and the school gives us another identity. We go to the uni, another identity. We go and work in, in, in the society and become teachers, doctors, another identity, and more identities. Even our friends, our groups, close groups, gives us identity. So it's piling up over the original, the true identity, to the point we have forgotten who we are. And unless we know our true identity, we cannot fulfill God-given destiny. We cannot fulfill the purpose God has given each one of us. What is the image of God? What is the likeness of God, which is our true identity? That's who I am. I'm the image of God. You're the image of God. You're the likeness of God. I'm the likeness of God. What does that mean? You know, the word image of God means having the characteristics of God built in our character. That is why the scripture tells us God is expecting us to reflect his character in our lives. That's why many times in the Old Testament, we talk about the Lord of Lords, the God actually, literally, the Yahweh of the little gods. Are we talking about pagan gods? No. God is talking about you and me. So the image of God, in another word, it's the DNA of God that has been given to you and to me. 
Actually, if I want to know who's my true parents, I go for a DNA test because I carry their DNA. And we carry our God, Father, the Creator's DNA. That is the image of God. You know, every company, they will put their logo on their product and say, this product represents us. And that is what God is saying. We are his representatives here, and he has has given us his logo, his image in us to guarantee that you and I, we will fulfill the God-given destiny, the God-given purpose that he has given each one of us because we have a redemptive purpose in life. If this is the image, what is the meaning of the likeness of God? You see, my friends, when God calls us to do something, he built in the calling, in the vision he gives us, all what is needed. The resources, the people we need, everything is needed, even the finances and the gifting, the anointing, whatever is needed. Because God will never call us to something to do without qualifying us, without giving us the ability to do it. So we have the image of God, the likeness is the divine resources of God has been built in us. So we have his characteristics, his DNA. We have all God-given resources in us. So I will be able, if I'm obedient to God, to fulfill God-given purpose. Praise his name. But the sad thing, unless we rediscover the, our true identity, we will never be successful in fulfilling our destiny. I will never forget the first day I had an iPhone. I'm a village boy, a farming boy, and when I had it, I thought, boy, now I have a wireless phone. I can make phone calls even when I'm driving. You know, I can carry it with me. I cannot miss the phone calls. And sometimes I can make even video calls. And I thought, this is cool. Till my youngest daughter said, Dad, you don't know what the applications on this little device. This is more than just making phone calls, Daddy. Daddy, a lot of advantages. Didn't you read that little booklet that came in the box with it? I said, I saw it, but I didn't have time to read it. She said, you better read it if you want this device to deliver all the benefits in it, all the application, all the capability of it. It's amazing, Dad. You know what? She was right. Now it became my office. Everything I need is there. My Bible, my sermons, uh, old messages, my email. I don't need to sit in my office. I can do my work just through this little thing. But before, I could only use like 5% of the uh, ability and, and the advantages of it because I did not know the real identity, the characteristics of it. You know, 
When you read the customer manual, it tells you about this uh, production, this device was supposed to deliver. If you follow the instruction of the creator, and they have their logo, a little apple with somebody not so hungry just taking one bite out of it, okay? And what they are saying, here is our logo, here is our reputation, we place it on this device because we say it will deliver what we say it delivers. And in case something goes wrong with this, don't play with it. Don't open it. Don't take it to anybody to fix it. Only authorized agents are allowed to fix it. Otherwise, we will not guarantee it would deliver what we promised to deliver. You know, you and I, we know. The image of God and the likeness of God has been distorted in our lives through the sin and the fall of Adam and Eve. And not anymore it is the perfect image and the perfect likeness of God. So now we need the authorized agent to fix this device, to restore the image of God and the likeness of God. But God, you know, he limited himself. You know, you know, we read that God blessed Adam and Eve and said to them, fill the earth, increase in numbers, subdue it, reign over it, have dominion over it. He didn't say, let us fill the earth. Let us subdue the earth. Let us have dominion on the earth. He only limits this work for Adam and Eve. And he has already given them all what they needed through giving them the image and the likeness of God to fulfill God's purpose on earth by establishing his kingdom. Because what it means, God, he has put them in the garden of Eden, paradise, and he said, this is the nuclear of the kingdom of God. I want you to expand it to cover the whole earth so the earth becomes the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. But you know what? Now Adam and Eve failed. The image of God is being distorted. It's confused. Their identity is not the same identity. Now they need restoration. They need that image back, that likeness back. They need that authority back in their hands to have over all creation. And the word of God tells us in Psalm 138, verse 2, that God is saying, it says, God you have glorified your word, your holy decree over all your names in Hebrew. What it says that God's word is the law. It controls everything in heaven and on earth. In another way, saying that God 
cannot rebel and cannot break his word, cannot go against his word, because the word of God and God are the same thing. The word, the Logos is God, and God is the Logos. God cannot contradict himself. Praise God for that. So therefore, when God speaks his word, his word becomes the rule and the law for heaven, for him, and for us. That is why God doesn't speak very often, because when the word of God proceeds out of his mouth, then it becomes the law for earth and heaven and the whole universe. So God said, you fill the earth, you subdue it. So now everything God wants to achieve on earth, he limited it by his word to the mankind. And now mankind has failed and the image of God has been distorted. And now we need the authorized agent to come and to fix it. And the authorized agent is Jesus himself. And that is why Jesus took flesh upon himself. He became incarnate because what he did, he only took his image that he gave to man upon himself and he took the likeness. It was already his suit that has been given to us, his image and his likeness. So being incarnate wasn't a big deal because it was already his image and likeness. So he came down and he died and he gave us salvation with which is the entry point to the kingdom, which is restoring the image of God, restoring the likeness of God, restoring the authority back in the hand of mankind over earth, planet earth, to establish God's kingdom. We praise his name. Always I tell people, I am so thankful for our second Adam, the Lord Jesus, because the glory we have in the second Adam surpasses what we had in the first Adam even before the fall. The first Adam had only uh, authority to subdue the earth, the creation. And the second Adam who has been raised up, seated at the right hand of the Father, he seated us with him in the heavenly places over every authority, every power, every name in this world and the world to come. So now we have higher authority. Not only just on earth, we have authority in heaven as well in the second Adam, the Lord Jesus. So we praise his name. So I'm thankful that the first Adam fell in sin. Otherwise, we would not have this glorious glory and glorious privileges in our second Adam. My friends, that's our story. We are not able to fulfill God's kingdom, God's destiny, which is his kingdom, our role in it, because we lost our identity. You know, preachers, they have problem finding enough good illustrations. So I start writing my own stories to make them illustrations. And here's one of them. A Jordanian farmer had a great farm, big farm. He's walking in his farm one day. He walked all the way to the end. There was a valley. He climbed up the cliff, and there he found a rock. And inside that rock, he saw a nest. He climbed up. He found an egg. He took it. It is a bird 
uh, egg. He didn't know what kind of egg. Put it in his hand, walked back, and he passed by his barn, and he saw a chicken sitting on eggs to hatch them, a hen. So he had a funny idea. Why not put this egg with the chicken eggs to hatch? So he put it carefully beneath the chicken. Two or three weeks later, all these uh, eggs start hatching and the beautiful chicks, colorful chicks coming all over the place, jumping, and that little egg hatched too. But it was different bird, different chick, so ugly. So bony, the eyes were ugly and sticking outside and so big. The peak was funny and big and, and, and bony long legs and, and, and wings. It was just wasn't the right check. But that check, which wasn't a chicken, he was raised in the chicken culture. He learned the chicken language. He ate the chicken food. He started even walking and moving like a chicken because that's what he is learning from his mother chicken. But as the chicks were growing, he was growing too. But he was growing fast. And the ugly eyes were sticking out, became beautiful wild eyes. And the peak became so sharp, so dangerous. And these skinny legs became so strong. And the wings were big and strong. It wasn't a chicken. It was an eagle. But that eagle acted like a chicken, spoke like a chicken walked like a chicken to the point if he would see an eagle in the sky, he would be scared and run with the other chicken to hide. He has forgotten he is an eagle. Do you know whose story is this? This is your story and my story. God intended for us to be eagles soaring high, but we have been raised as chickens. Our DNA is the image and the likeness of God, yet we have been acting like beggars, like fallen humanity. And many people say, hey, we are only dust. Yes, but that dust didn't stay dust. The moment he breathed into it, it was transformed, and it became the image and the likeness of God himself. My friends, wake up! You are an eagle, not a chicken. It's about time you spread your wings and you stand up and you soar like an eagle and, and speak like an eagle and fly like an eagle. Stop being chicken anymore. That's not who you are. Maybe that's how they raised you. But you are carrying the DNA and the resources of heaven. That's who you are. It's about time we rediscover our identity. And this is the only way we can fulfill our destiny. My friends, I want to tell something I feel compelled to tell. I didn't talk about it in the first session. I had a friend, he asked me a question. Now he is with the Lord. He was from Bahamas. 
where God abides. That's always he says that. <laughs> and you know what? USA, where God abides. He's our Emmanuel. He is with us always, isn't he? He said, Afif, what is the richest place on earth? I said, of course, Saudi Arabia. They have all the oil. He said, no. He said, not even South Africa with all the diamond mines or gold mines. I said, then tell me. He said, the graveyard. Say what? The tombs? The cemetery? He said, yes. I said, how come? He said, Afif, how many people died with unfulfilled God-given potential? How many people died without fulfilling the God-given destiny. If all of them fulfilled God-given destiny, the world would be a different story than what it is right now. And guess what? He is right. But he is always shaking his finger. And I know my friend, when he start pointing at me like this, there is something serious. And he said to me, Afif, Die empty. So what do you mean die empty? He said, you remember how the Lord Jesus died? What was the last word he said? I said, he said, it's finished. He said, yes. You know what it means? He said, it doesn't mean he expired on the cross. It means mission accomplished. Jesus left this earth after he fulfilled his destiny. He fulfilled God's mission, God's purpose for his life. And this is how each one of us should leave this earth empty-handed, mission accomplished. We don't expire, we just graduate because we have finished. We have fulfilled God-given destiny. My friends, we need to fulfill and finish the mission God has given each one of us. Uh, you know, I don't know, I just feel compelled to change everything. Forgive me, forgive me. You know, I don't go by notes. Actually, after I finish today, I will destroy them. That is why when you come to me and ask me, you preached that day in our church, you said this. I said, I don't know. <laughs> Lord Jesus, Lord, help me. We are here on a mission from our Father, the Creator. And this mission has to do with His kingdom. This is why when we rediscover our true identity through the work of Christ, the redemption, and we are restored, we have been transformed, transferred 
from the kingdom of darkness back into the kingdom of his light, his beloved son. And it's about time you and I should live as kingdom citizens. You know the kingdom of God is a true country? You know Jesus is a true king, a real king? It's not just an idea. You know the kingdom of God, it's not, we are, it is already here in you, and you are in it. And every kingdom has a constitution. You know, if you are a citizen and you want to live in the United States of America, you better obey all the rules of America. Otherwise, you will get in trouble. You will be expelled. You will be put away in jail. But we are in the kingdom of God, but we have a double identity. We act as if we don't belong to the kingdom of God. We're waiting for the kingdom of God to come, and the kingdom of God is already here. So it's about time you and I, we need to live this new lifestyle of the kingdom of God. I have people in my congregations, they don't wait for the tax people to knock at their doors. They go. Midnight when the traffic is red, they stop. And people ask them, why are you doing that? They said, we have learned the principle in the kingdom of God. Unless you are a good citizen on earth, you don't deserve to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. My friends, we have a kingdom. It has a constitution. It has laws and bylaws and values and principles. But it is... I call it the upside-down kingdom. The values of the kingdom of God is totally the opposite of the values of this world. This is why we might look weird. We might look that we have come from another planet, which is true. We have come from another planet. That is why everything that has value for us, it doesn't have value for the others. Identity. Unless you know your true identity, you will never, ever fulfill your God-given destiny. I thank you again for having me, Pastor, and giving me this privilege to share with you and I pray that God will bless you. And from this day on, you will walk in your true identity. And you shall know God's destiny for you, which has to do with the kingdom of God being established on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God more than a citizen of the USA. You are belonging to, this, to the government of God more than the government of this world. So let's walk according to the principles, values, according to the constitution 
of the kingdom of God. And then, and only then, we can fulfill our destiny and we can establish the kingdom of God on this earth. May the Lord bless you and thank you so much. And uh, forgive me for if I disturbed you, but uh, I tell you, the purpose of preaching is to disturb people. God bless.